Also, you're the one that starts, so. Uh, oh yeah. Hey there, guys and ghouls. Cool. you, buddy. We're tuned in to broadcast from the Belfry, a mouth-numbing podcast for Sanjay. I wish. My name's Sanjay, and across the the internet is Georgia. How are you doing today? I just order Chinese food, so I'm pretty happy. Nice. Wait, you order Chinese food for when you're recording? Isn't it just going to get there, like, in 30 minutes? No, I just ate some of it. It got here, like, an hour ago, oh. and I ate some, and, uh, yeah, I got my crab rangoon right here. You know how I feel about crab rangoon. Okay, good. I to eat. <laughs> so loud. Do you just want some solid food? <laughs> Sultry sound of rangoon wrappers. No, I was going to get crab rangoons before I had my wisdom teeth removed yesterday. But instead, I ordered Chinese food and just got everything except for that. Like, once I was looking at the menu, I was like, I don't want that anymore. Very medium product. I need, I need something better. I need something more. I don't agree with your choices. Uh, Lemon is helping me record, and she's being very cute. Hi, Lemon. Aw, Lemon is cute. Yeah, the cat tree that she sits on most of the day is right next to my computer, or the recording setup, I guess. So she's just been, like, on and off sleeping and scowling at me. It's been very nice. Now she's in the scowling. Yeah, Luna's Luna's being a sassy bitch today. That sounds about right. Like, it's her. Like, something you know. is up her ass. <laughs> it's fine. I still love her, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to talk about something while I finish this crab again. Or don't. It's fine. Oh, I thought you were saying you were going to say something as you ate that crab rangoon, and I was like, no, I- great, weird thing to do, but that's fine. So yeah, I got my teeth removed. Uh, fun fact, everyone, <laughs> there is the a COVID crisis going on across the world right now, uh, but I turned 21 on, or I turned 26 on Tuesday the 21st, so my insurance <laughs> runs out, so I was like, I have to get this done before that day, because I would like to get this paid for, like... Hope like ideally, and otherwise I'm just not gonna get my left two taken out. I got my right two taken out a couple of years ago, uh, so I scheduled my appointment or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, we can still do that since that's like it quantifies as an emergency, um, like extractions as a whole do." So getting my right two with some teeth taken out took 30 minutes, actually less than that. It was closer to 20. Like my friend dropped me off. I, when I went back, she went to go get coffee, and I was done bef- done with my teeth before she came back with her coffee. Like, it was super, super fast. Dang. Uh, this time, it took over an hour, and at the very end, the doctor was like, hey, so we couldn't actually remove your bottom tooth all the way because we can't make aerosols right now. It's illegal for like dentists to do that, which means we can't use some of our equipment so we can't just like, I think it's the equivalent of like a Dremel or something, but like that's what they would have used and it would have taken five minutes, but instead they had to like use tools to manually break my teeth. And uh, that's oh. way longer. And he had to like use my face as leverage to like pull out <laughs> one of, like one or two of them, one or both of them as well. 
So it was a very interesting time. So if you need to get teeth pulled or something, I recommend you wait until the COVID crisis is over so they can use all of their equipment. Yeah, that's all I've got. Did you get different glasses? Oh yeah, I got new glasses too. I did that last week. I did a lot of very adult things before my insurance ran out. Got my vision checked, yeah. got new glasses, got my teeth removed. Uh, I already have my insurance stuff lined up, so on Tuesday that'll like be ready to be switched over. I haven't even done my taxes yet. What are we What's talking that? about that's related to the podcast? <laughs> We're going to talk some more about burials today. Nice. We did that one episode a long time ago about weird burials. Today we're going to talk about more normal burials. But I feel like there should be a trigger warning because I have very strong opinions about the subject and like if you've just had a funeral for someone that you care about, you probably don't want to hear my opinions. Okay. I don't know. We'll put is that, that in the description. No, that's that's pretty normal. It is respect. Especially since this is a time where a lot of people are like, you know, dying or old people are dying. Yeah. And young people. Yeah. Occasionally some middle people. Some immunocompromised people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So also, I don't want anyone to feel like I am attacking their beliefs or Jeez. their wishes. <laughs> because the way I say things comes off like that sometimes. Um, you're entitled. <laughs> I, yeah. Do things my way. Uh, no, you're entitled to whatever funeral you want to have. I'm just telling you how I feel. You can do whatever you want. I'm just here to drop some truth bombs. <laughs> George is excited to not have a funeral, actually, and she's kind of just going to lay wherever she dies until she, like, becomes one with whatever furniture it is that she's on top of. Did I ever tell you, did I ever tell you my, my joke? Uh, I can't remember. I've, I've heard this joke, like, when I was too young to understand it, probably, but um, there's this guy, he's a cardiologist, and it's his funeral, and all of his friends and family are kind of sad, and then there's just this, like, laughing coming from the pews and as the coffin this like giant heart opens up and the coffin is like going back into it and this guy's just laughing at that and everyone else is like dude what's your problem <laughs> it's like oh i'm a gynecologist i was just thinking about my own funeral <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> it's bad yeah so that's great <laughs> anyway no king shaming, no burial shaming. Just here we are. Yeah, this podcast is actually about good old gyneolo- gyne- gynecological fun. There we go. That is a yep. fourteen-syllable word. Dang. I don't like it. So, okay. What triggered my my inspiration for this episode was uh, like I showed you this. Uh, pictures. God, words are really hard today. <laughs> I showed, I sent you that picture, that screenshot of like the New York City articles about the mass graves and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of media sensationalism happening right now 
specifically in New York City with headlines like, Ah, drone captures image of New York mass burials. Stuff like that. If you, like, actually click on the link and read the article, it clears it up a little bit, but most people don't do that. So if you just see the headlines, now you're panicking that people are being buried in mass graves in New York because they're dying so rapidly from coronavirus. But... What the headlines don't tell you is that uh, these burials are happening on Heart Island, which is an island that I almost covered in our island episode, but I didn't. Uh, It's home to a 131-acre public cemetery. It's the largest tax-funded cemetery, as well as one of the largest mass graves in the U.S. Mm. So... Um, there are already over a million people buried on the island what? in mass graves. Yep. And while the, while the current pandemic is increasing the number of bodies being interred, the fact is that burials have been happening on Heart Island since the Civil War, and mass graves have been put there since 1875. But so why? the media is like... Uh, we'll get there. So the media is just like blowing up all of uh, this. That makes uh, more sense. All of these images. Yeah, the media is blowing all the shit up. But this is something that's been happening for years and is only now getting coverage because it just feeds panic, really, I think is what's happening. But in New York City, when bodies aren't claimed Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, like a private funeral or whatever. They're just sent to the island there. Everything is recorded where they're buried and everything, and then they're sent to the island and they're buried in a mass grave. That's just what New York City does with its unclaimed bodies. So, like I said, statistically, coronavirus is increasing the numbers of people who are the numbers of unclaimed bodies but mass graves would be happening with COVID-19 or without it so it's yeah I don't know it just really bothered me the yeah I thought mass graves you were know. like re- like for the most part a thing in the United States specifically because of like for two instances so first if you're involved in like a crime or something or like you could be related to a crime they would need to look up like your Mm. dna stuff and also what was my other thought holy shit i totally forgot (laughs) yeah no yeah i thought we didn't do mass graves in the u.s well i think so i was reading about uh heart island specifically and some of it's really fucked up. So about one third of all the burials are infants and stillborns. And those babies are buried in tiny coffins in groups of 100, 20 rows of coffins, five deep. And then other children under the age of five are also buried there. If the mother signed paperwork at the hospital authorizing a city burial, but 
that term probably wasn't explained to them when they signed the paperwork. So they just kind of like take the kid and bury it <laughs> without telling the parents what a city burial means. And it just means that they get sent to this island for a mass burial. Do they take out their own <laughs> individual like coffins slash casket? Or is it just like rows yeah, of the baby infant coffins? And then if you're a little bit older than that, you just get yakety saxed into a hole. Um, they're pine boxes, so they're not like coffins you would see at a funeral home or caskets, but they're individual pine boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the adults are buried in pine boxes in groups of 150, two rows of three coffins deep. Um, and everything is recorded so like your location is marked uh and there's like a bunch of paperwork so that if your family were to eventually come to claim you and you'd already been buried they can disinter the box and then you can be claimed for a family funeral or whatever um but bodies that aren't identified are buried separately in their own plots um since no one knows who they are mm-hmm. and again they're like marked so that they can be identified later uh by ever i'm sure they have like dna and stuff on file of all of these people i would assume uh, as part of their record keeping just because it is a mass grave situation um, sure you have a toenail in case of emergency you know? yeah that's what my mom used to Lit. say Lit. <laughs> Uh, burials are conducted by inmates from Rikers. Oh, that's not great for them, like, mentally, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what is that, like, jailhouse work lifestyle thing? I don't know. Yeah. Some great mile shit right there. Yeah, I thought that was another practice that was foregone. (laughs) Like, I know that you can still, like, make license plates or, like, make certain products, in certain jail yeah. prisons, certain prisons, uh, to get commissary money, but I didn't think that you they'd be like, oh, it's Tuesday, you know what that means? Dead body <laughs> Go day. Go dig some graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in Washington, because I worked at Metro Parks Tacoma when I lived there, and we got all of our stuff from the correctional facility. Basically, they ran like. Basically, they did my job without the champion stamp. Like, they ran the, like, t-shirts and embroidery, all the, like, customization Mm -hmm. of clothing for companies. That was all done through the prison. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, we talked about mass graves when we talked about the plague in episode 7 when they would just throw your body into a hole and be like oh there goes that guy that guy was gross let's get him out of here also in Pavelia uh, episode 12 and I don't think we mentioned it when we discussed cholera but a lot of cholera victims in the 19th century were buried in mass graves and I was looking at field schools on the uh, American Institute of Archaeology website, and there is actually a field school for bioarchaeology in Ohio. Hmm. 
that is excavating one of the cholera mass graves outside of one of the cemeteries. And I was like, oh, I want to do that one. And that would be really Why? Cool. That's how you get another pandemic. They don't cancel out, you know. Like, if you, you can have cholera well, and cholera COVID. Doesn't, cholera doesn't live in the ground for hundreds of years. <laughs> I, we don't know yet. This is how the mummy also started. Just so you know. That's fine. There's an archaeologist in that, kind of. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Uh, He's not an archaeologist. She is the archaeologist. I mean, she's a librarian at first, but she becomes an archaeologist. I thought they were both archaeologists. Mm -mm. He's just a gunslinging adventurer. In the first one, she's an archaeologist, but by the time they have their kid in the second one, she's become an archaeologist. Yeah, she's a librarian, then she becomes an archaeologist. And I think he's still just a... You know, piece of shit explorer. A professional explorer. Also, wow, no, spoilers. I said, I said a piece of shit explorer. A professional. Uh, way okay. to spoil the mummy for anyone that hasn't seen that movie yet. Just because it came out in, like, 1997 doesn't mean you can ruin the experience. I'm pretty sure it came out in... Uh, yeah, maybe it was that. I don't know. It was I remember the- seeing the second one in theaters when I lived in England in, like, 2000, I'm gonna say. There was a pretty big time jump between some of those movies. I, the I think third it was one... 96. I think the first one was 96. I'm not 100% sure. I'm also not going to Google it because I don't care. It, uh, <laughs> I am going to Google it because I do care about Brandon Fraser and his various enterprises. The mummy. It was when he was still relevant. So, so <clears throat> The Mummy came out in 99. Damn it. Which is what I was going to say, and then change my mind. The Mummy 2, also known as The Mummy Returns, came out in 2001. And I think The Mummy 3 came out in like 2010 or 11. Uh, 2008. The Mummy 2, Mother Dragon Emperor. Also, that movie was whack. I think I mentioned this in one of our prior episodes Wait, where Mummies when came did... That was like the fourth one. I no, thought the Scorpion the... King was the third one. Uh, Scorpion King is the third one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I literally googled The Mummy 3. <laughs> the Scorpion King is a separate movie. Oh. But it had... the Like, The Mummy from The Mummy 2 was The Scorpion King, so he got his own spin-off. Yeah, and I thought Brendan Fraser... <gasps> oh, he just, co- he just comes in at the end of that movie. I think so. I didn't watch but, it. And then he gets, and then he gets a separate movie. Okay. Yeah. Because the Scorpion King is in the Mummy Returns. Yeah, like he's the the guy. He's uh, he's got like a oval face. He's real tan. I don't know. It's Chris. It's Dwayne Johnson. No, it's not. It's another guy. The Scorpion King is the Rock. The Rock plays the Scorpion King. Promise you. Because that was like when he first started acting. Is the Scorpion King's name Matthias? I have no idea. There are so many names in this. Like, dang. There's a lot of not famous people in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty sure you're right. I am right. I'm 100% right. I, I promise you. I don't know who I'm thinking of. 
whatever. I'm over it now. This is too much work. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, mass burials were pretty common, actually, in the Western world until the mid to late 19th century when cemeteries as we knew them started to become popular after the Victorians made funerals and mourning practices all crazy and elaborate and dramatic like we talked about in uh, episode 22. And they were also used again when the Spanish flu happened in 1918. So that was cool. Good times. Yep, Spanish flu, great time for humanity. Lots of (laughs) fun. 20 out of 10. It's uh, really similar to current times, you know? Yeah. It's great. There were a lot of good memes that came out during the Spanish flu as well. Yeah, I saw one that was like, oh yeah, all these people got really tired. I think it was like the official end of World War One, and people were really tired of uh, being in isolation. And so they all went out into the streets and like had a parade and celebrated and then that's when the second also known as the worst part of the spanish flu happened and a bunch of people died i didn't know that and that makes a lot of sense though like that's the same equivalent of when all this shit is over and everyone just goes to tubby's just the worst bar in in manhattan kansas and starts touching butts and spitting in mouths and that's when covid 20 happens slightly yep. worse than COVID-19. Yeah, or when Trump makes the government open before everything's ready and ruins everything, it's going to be great. Then everyone in office is touching butts, spitting in mouths. It's the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, currently, the island has been designated as a temporary burial site for victims of the coronavirus if deaths overwhelm mortuaries. Um, but the images that are circulating social media aren't just victims of the pandemic. They're mostly still the unclaimed bodies of people who have died of non-COVID-related deaths. And there's just an increase in unclaimed bodies because that's how statistics works. That makes sense, yeah. If you're yeah. like grandpa is really bad at responding to messages and like he dies during the crisis it's gonna take a little bit for you to actually confirm that it was him and go up there and claim the body and stuff yeah or just like yeah more people are dying so there are going to be more unclaimed bodies but not all of the unclaimed bodies are dead from coronavirus exactly Point is, be careful of media sensationalism, especially in these dark times we live in when all we have is social media. Yeah, all we have is Facebook to keep us sane. Yeah, and poorly informed. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So basically, that just started me thinking on how I really hate contemporary Western funeral practices. So I thought we'd. Yeah, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that and then some alternatives in case anyone shares my feelings and, like, I don't know. This is what I study and it's what I want to continue to study in grad school. So, like, if you listeners out there have, like, 
thoughts or opinions on this and you this is something I would highly encourage you to engage in the group on because um yeah I funerary archaeology is my jam and uh yeah here we are mm-hmm uh, that was the Facebook group where links are posted, things are discussed about the podcast. If you do want to join that, it is just search broadcast from the Belfry and there will be a button to join the group. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is if you would like, if you have thoughts about like bear practices and just like the COVID crisis, or if you are a thought and also would like to discuss the COVID crisis or funerary practices, we're here for you either way. In our, like, group of two, Georgia has thoughts <laughs> and I am the thought. So I have a TikTok about that, actually. Or, like, that just reminds me of one. It's like this uh, this couple is on the bed, and the guy's like, I think, and the girl like, hits him. They're both playing Animal Crossing. She, like, punches him, and she's like, what do I say? And he goes you either have thoughts or you are a thought and she goes and which one are you and he gets really quiet and goes i have and then she hits him again he goes i am a thought i know i am and then she just pats him and that's it whole tiktok very uh, nice. good time what the fuck <laughs> uh no seriously i like i will engage with anybody about death in so many varieties of shapes and forms and this will probably be more evident by the end of this episode but like i am not joking when i say i took every opportunity in college to write about funerals and or death and or whatever i'm surprised my teachers weren't concerned about me but like for my religion class like i went to a lutheran college for my religion class, I wrote about Catholic funeral mass and what changed with that during the Protestant Reformation. For my archaeology classes, I wrote about Aztec burials, funerals, afterlife. I wrote about ancient Japanese funeral mounds and afterlife beliefs and how the introduction of Buddhism changed that. I looked at Neanderthal burials. I looked at the practice of Mingun, which is Chinese ghost marriage, which is where one or both of the people getting married are already dead. Uh, what else did I write about? Um, in my mythology, my class colon comparative mythology class, I underlined every passage in the Iliad, the Odyssey, Beowulf, whatever myth book we were reading that had to do with death or funerals. Uh, for my capstone, I researched Bronze Age burials in Britain. And for my environmental ethics class, I talked about basically what this episode is about, um, like how wasteful and polluting standard funeral practices are. And uh, yeah, throw away your trash at your parents' <laughs> funeral. Don't be a turd. I got your back, Georgia. Don't worry. Make sure the heathens know. Recycling bin. Uh, like yeah, this shit's my jam. From an archaeologist perspective, like how people celebrate uh, someone's life, how someone bury someone uh, can usually give you a lot of insight about what that society values. So, like, if you look at Western funerary practices, you know, funerals that we have, I think our standard practices will tell you that our society values wealth, status, and uh, vanity, 
Yeah, I mean, you gotta be hot. Yeah, and then not the environment at all. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I take away from that. Um, So the standard thing here in the U.S. and in Canada... Ow, my foot's asleep. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Is for the body to be embalmed and then buried, which is the creepiest thing in the entire world to me. I hate it. Like, it grosses me out so much. <laughs> that grosses you out? Like, really? That's the line that you draw? The practice of embalming grosses me out. Uh, many... I don't understand you. I really don't. <laughs> uh, many funeral homes... It's not because it's disgusting. It's, like, what it means to people. So, like, funeral homes kind of make you believe like they take you and you're grieving and you're vulnerable and then they make you believe that embalming is completely necessary and um they'll tell you that they won't perform an open casket funeral without embalming happening um and they kind of make you feel like it's a legal requirement which it is not unless the body is being transported across state lines and only in certain states (laughs) so um, or, like, in special cases. Um, so, like, in Alabama, it's only required if the body's crossing a state line. Or here in Kansas, it's only required if the body's being moved across a state line on a common carrier, like a plane or a train. Um, but, like, if you were driving it in a hearse from Kansas to Missouri, it's fine. You don't need to embalm it. Um and they make you, this costs, th- like, embalming costs thousands of dollars, by the way. And they make you believe it's necessary. And they, um, I don't, I think a lot of old school people were taught a very different way than what is being taught in mortuary school today. But um, embalming provides no health benefits to the public probably the opposite honestly because uh embalming chemicals are highly toxic formaldehyde has been classified as a carcinogen and uh i think that the old school morticians were taught that it was beneficial and some of them still practicing it like still will kind of perpetuate that fake news that it's good and they like it doesn't preserve the body forever it only delays inevitable decomp processes and um the funeral industry which like industry think about what the word industry means the funeral industry it's in industry who's industry i don't know but something is up their ass and it is really messing us up financially (laughs) it's industry and it's all about making money Mm -hmm. and they say that a viewing of your embalmed, preserved, dead family member is a way to show respect for the body and a way to establish clear identity of the deceased so that the reality of death cannot be denied by the viewer. I'm sorry, if you're in denial about someone that you care about dying, you should see a therapist, not stare at their preserved body. I don't like... That is creepy to me. I still, man, the, the lines you draw are very fascinating to me. <laughs> the dead body is not creepy. <laughs> no, the, the fact the that fact... there's formaldehyde in their veins is the creepy part. Yes, and the fact that an 
a corporation, uh, a body that is designed to make money, is telling you that you need to look at your preserved, pickled grandpa to get over it, that's fucked up. It <laughs> creeps me out so much. Um, <laughs> funeral directors will tell you that seeing the dead body is part of the grief. Quotes. They call the open casket situation a beautiful memory picture. That is cre- that's creepy. Why is that not creepy? <laughs> it's not a beautiful memory picture. It is your dead family member or friend, and uh, that is disturbing. I like. Yeah, they're dead, and that sucks, and it's sad, and you have to grieve. But I do not think that. Seeing so, like the point of embalming and the makeup and the open casket and everything is to make it look like they're asleep, and I think that that probably does more damage to a grieving process than to like look at them and be like, "Oh, you kind of smell bad because you're decomposing. You really are dead. Weird. Okay, was, whoops." Was like, wait a minute, I'm gonna turn on a light. It's real dark. Yeah, it got real dark in there. Yeah. Lemon, do you need to get out? Hmm? Uh. Yeah. I'm glad all those sounds are going to be recorded. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah, but no, but also, like, we, from a fairly young age, it that's like, sleeping's the... Oh, I thought I just muted this. Sleeping's the, like, comparison to death, you know? It's, like, the big sleep. So it kind of makes sense to, like, phrase it as, or, like, make, hey, we're making them look like they're sleeping because we know, like, you're alive, and then you go to sleep, and then you die. Like, that's it. That's, like, the transition of consciousness, kind of, I guess, or liveliness. <laughs> Aliveness. <laughs> I just think, like, think of it from a kid's point of view. I mean, I know it's really hard to explain what death is to a kid, but if you're like, oh, they're just asleep, then the kid's like, well, when are they going to wake up? (laughs) This is not correct. This is not how sleeping works. Like, I don't know. It just creeps me out. One article I read said that 32% of people reported that the viewing was a negative experience. So they can all go flip off the funeral director that told them it was for the best, in my opinion. I wonder if that was, like, the fact that they were seeing a dead person or the fact that the embalming itself was bad. That's kind of a mixed bag, you know? It'll be hard to, like, separate that in your mind. I was talking about this with my mom the other day because, like, let's see, the last funeral I went to was my aunt's, and she had an open casket, and, like, my cousins were all, this is, like, the part of my family that I don't really talk to, um, and all my cousins were, like, up at the casket looking at her and, like, I don't know, being creepy, and me and my mom were just like, nope, we're good. Because I know what she looks like, and whatever she looked like in the casket is not what she looked like in real life. She never wore makeup. She was not a prissy woman. She was a very, like, manly woman. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> um, and so I was talking about this with my mom the other day, and she said one of the reasons she had like kind of a traumatic experience is because her babysitter died when she was a kid. And uh, they had an open casket. And when they went to the funeral, they like they had put makeup on her in a way that she would never wear it. They put her hair in a way that she would never wear it. They like put her in clothes that she would never wear. Mm -hmm. So like someone else who didn't know her kind of made all these choices about what she would look like. Yeah. I mean, normally they, you're supposed to like give them a picture and say, Hey, this is what they were like. Please recreate or close to recreate this. And they say, yeah, I got you or not, I guess. Yeah. So, well, and I don't know. I mean, it was probably the 60s when this happened. So, like, maybe, and maybe it was, like, her parents gave gave her, gave them a picture of her, you know, in a way that was really rare occasions Mm -hmm. instead of kind of a more everyday look. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mom was just like, no, that doesn't look like my babysitter. And that was, like... She said that was really traumatic for her to see her in this way that just didn't look like her at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I got a lot of feelings about this. Ooh, um, with the funeral industry. Yeah. Um, some argue that this forced perception of the deceased as being asleep only prolongs the period of denial. <laughs> so... That, uh, that I can see. That makes an amount of sense. Yeah. Like, you're making them look like they're still alive, and you just keep saying that they're just asleep, so it makes sense. You might be thinking, Georgia, why do you think it's okay for people to smoke their father's corpse and leave it sitting in a chair outside their village, but embalming someone is creepy? And I'll tell you, well, one of the reasons why I think it's okay is because in that in that culture in Papua New Guinea, uh, the family are the people who care for the body. They wash it, they prepare it. They are the ones who carry out the preservation practice. And yeah, you might think it's kind of creepy that they're just chilling in chairs outside the village, but that works with that works with their afterlife belief and that's part of their culture that's cool what we do here is just hand off our dead body to a complete stranger let them careful care for it as death care is the term i think uh they let them care for it and then we just bury them in a ground out of sight out of mind you know bye death isn't a thing that exists here um which is really america Nope. It's such such an unhealthy mindset. Um, and some religions, including uh, Muslims and the Jewish Orthodox faith, they believe that embalming is a desecration of the body, which... I mean, it kind of makes sense from that perspective because what we talked about before with, like, the Birkin hair stuff, you know, if your body's embalmed, it's still down here. It's ready for the apocalypse, you know? Mm-hmm. It's ready yeah. for be risen. It's ready God, for I... be risen. That was a great yep. sentence on your part. I know. You're welcome. No, <laughs> this is... Uh, no, listen. Listen. <laughs> Linda, listen. Stu and I have been watching Supernatural. 
I've been getting really upset with it because I'm not like making myself watch it because I'm invested, but also nine tenths of the storyline have just been pissing me off. Uh, I think we just started season six today. Um, and so season five is like where I don't care if you've never seen it. People out there know what I'm talking about sometimes, yeah. probably. I see um, like a little bit, like a very, a very little bit of that show. Yeah. So season five is where, so like the two brothers, Dean is supposed to be the vessel of Michael and Sam is supposed to be the vessel of Lucifer and they're supposed to duke it out and the apocalypse is supposed to happen and all this shit. I shit you not. So like the four horsemen, they come, whatever. So the episode where they introduced Pestilence, uh, there was a lot of a newspaper sitting on the counter that the guy was reading (laughs) and it said... (laughs) It says, Surgeon General issues everyone to stay home. New virus, flu, influ- new influenza virus is spreading rapidly and all the shit. And I was just like, holy fuck. This is real life. This is what's happening right now. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Supernatural is but like also, the new Simpsons. It's just predicting all of the major events you, in the world. Like way oh, before yo. it happened. For real, because this shit came out, like, what, 10 years ago, probably? I don't know. It, uh, probably more than that, actually. Like, maybe like, more than that. I don't know. Well, this was, like, season five, so it would have been, like, not too late. You um, said it was season six. Wow, what a liar. Well, that the apocalypse season was season five. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Once again, anyway, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, like, I, again, like I said, uh, nine-tenths of everything has been pissing me off they're just so whiny all the time they'll stop fighting and it's driving me crazy it's because they're in love dude well you know what everybody's like i i always used to see like the tumblr memes and shit about supernatural and i just thought they were always dumb and everyone was like oh team sam team dean whatever and then um the angel shows up and then a bunch of people were like yeah, and then a bunch of people were like, fuck Sam or Dean, I'm Team Cass. No, dude, and finally, it's all about Destiel. That's the, real, that's the real hotness. And then finally I was like, yeah, I'm totally Team Cass. He's cool. He's way better than Sam or Dean. I'm Team Angel. Although the angels are fucking annoying and I hate them. And I don't, I don't why am I watching this show? Yeah, I you've don't literally know. just complained about every character in the show. Like, I don't think you should watch this. <laughs> Too bad. I'm invested. I'm gonna know what happens. Also, like, it's kind of funny sometimes, and sometimes it gives me good ideas for research topics, but, um, <clears throat> it's fine. Uh, anyway. An episode about, what's the, uh, the porn magazine that, uh, one of the, that oh, Dean's always reading? It's like, like, Busty Asian Babes or something like that. Yeah, that's gonna be our next episode. Get ready, everyone. Stay tuned. The same article said that embalming also gives funeral homes an opportunity to increase consumer spending by as much as $3,000 or more for additional body preparation, a more expensive casket with protective features, perhaps, a more expensive outer burial container, and a more elaborate sense of er, series of ceremonies. And it also quoted an embalming textbook that said... Embalming forms the foundation for the entire funeral service structure. It is the basis for the sale of profitable merchandise, the guardian of public health, which is bullshit, 
the reason for much of our professional education and our protective legislation, which uh, I already talked about how it doesn't protect anything and is not good for anyone. No, when they say protection, uh, I hope they mean literally. Like, my coffin is going to have two clocks attached to it. So if I ever try to get out or anyone ever tries to get in, we, he, they, she are in for a big surprise. Let me, t- let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? They they would have uh, their last call. Let me tell you. So here are some fun environmental facts, real quick. About eight hundred thousand gallons of formaldehyde are entered each year in the U.S. alone, hmm. which creates a high risk of groundwater contamination and an increased risk of exposure to those who live near burial grounds. Uh, so far, there have been increased incidences of leukemia, colon cancer, and brain cancer recorded. <clears throat> so that's peachy. Yeah. Along with the formaldehyde, we also bury about 30 million feet of wood, which is usually, you know, the wood that's harder to get, like mahogany, which is probably being forested from a country in South America that nobody over here gives a shit about because it doesn't directly impact them. USA. The deforestation. USA. <laughs> um, as well as 2,700 tons of copper and bronze. One hundred and four Over 104,000 tons of steel and over 1,600,000 tons of reinforced concrete. That's too much. That we put into the ground. Yeah. And on top of that is the unnecessary use of way too much water and chemical fertilizers that we use to keep the grass in cemeteries green. The grass is always greener on the other side, you know. That's what what they say. Oh, and there's the problem of uh, space, especially in population dense areas areas like in some countries you get interred for like six years or something and then uh they take you out and put you kind of in like those uh you know like the drawers that like the mausoleum drawers Mm -hmm. and then you just have like a plaque Mm -hmm. and then they bury someone else there yeah um what's the point of that why don't you just like get put in your drawer immediately i don't know Honestly, I think it's so that people can still go through the ceremony of having a burial. Um, but why don't you just have a ceremony where you're put in the drawer? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, funerary traditions are fucked up. That's why. Um, cremation is better for sure, but that still relies on the use of fossil fuel to power the furnace and still releases carbon monoxide, soot, sulfur dioxide, and heavy metals into the atmosphere, thus contributing to the greenhouse effect. But like I said, uh, that shouldn't influence your choice. No one's perfect. I'm probably going to go with that way, even though it's, uh, you know, still polluting and terrible. I mean, but in real life, you also were polluting and terrible, so it really just is a reflection. Yep sure um so we've already talked about a ton of different burial (laughs) or funerary practices on the show in in our last 30 some episodes uh smoking is still my favorite i will continue to bring that up although i am still a fan of the uh whole exposure you know like the tibetan sky burials those are cool yeah Oh, I'm watching Ozark right now, which I should have watched a couple of years ago because I was told to years ago and just didn't. 
And when one of the characters dies, she wants to be buried in, uh, like, I think she, they might have directly said that she wants to be smoked, but, uh, <laughs> and they're, one of the characters is like, she what? And another person is like, yeah, she saw it on Oprah or something like that. Like, she saw <laughs> it on TV. That's like, okay, that's pretty nice. I like it. <laughs> Good. Um, okay. So here are a few alternatives that are similar to cremation. There is aquamation, which is like cremation that uses water instead of fire. And it just, uh, instead of burning, it just kind of accelerates decomp. Um, and then there's resummation, which is when decomp is accelerated using an alkali. And then uh, it, they use pressure to reduce the bone to or to reduce the body to bone ash and a liquid and the liquid can be poured out over a garden or whatever like the way you would get rid of ash and then the, the ash is collected in an urn and given to you like cremains would be which i don't know why you would separate them but whatever um then there's promession i don't know how to say it I'm going with that oh my god i lost my place uh, that's when your body is reduced to a powder and it can be used as a fertilizer. That's nice. Yeah, you know, you gotta return yourself to the earth. Yeah, so, I mean, my grandma was cremated, but she her, had her ashes spread on the rose garden that she liked to visit for the same kind of principle. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, and then here are a list of things I found you can do with your ashes if you do get cremated. Space burials, so you can have your ashes shot into space on a rocket probably not super environmentally friendly but you know or you can just see fireworks oh ooh, yeehaw that's what i want to do I want, <laughs> I want my body to put into a firecracker that just sounds like the bee's knees <laughs> a roman candle mm-hmm. uh you can have them pressurized into a diamond Mm-hmm. They can be printed into an ornament with a 3D printer. That's new. What do you mean? Like I could have a snowman that is made of my remains? Yeah, like I don't know. They must like mix your ashes with a special kind of you know thing that like the special 3D ink through the printers, and then they just print you like into a nice geometric shape or something whatever i guess you could be whatever you want i lose and break ornaments so much it would be very irresponsible when i die for anyone to do that it is on the (laughs) record now please don't make me into an ornament i didn't even set up a tree this past year just just don't do that please (laughs) don't do that um they can be put into what's called a natural reef mold and then uh that's taken and established into a new coral reef that will attract uh, like the type of sea life that likes to live around reefs. So uh, it's kind of like like little seahorses. Sebastian. But with all the, you know, dying coral reefs, that's like a nice happy way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this one's really cool. I think you'll like this one. You can be pressed into a vinyl record of your choice. Yes, I did. I heard about that a couple of years ago for the first time. 
And yeah. I decided that I want my body to be pressed into the album Swell by Tiny Moving Parts. It is maybe my favorite album of all time. It's very good. I own four copies of it. Incredible. Jesus. Yep, they're all different. Um, I still need yeah, like yeah, five more. Yeah. I was gonna ask you what song you'd pick, but you just answered my question. Okay. No whole album. Um, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what album I would, I'd, yeah, I don't know. There has to be like one. Just like, what's your favorite album? Or who's your favorite artist, if that's easier? An album where I don't skip any songs is From Under the Cork Tree. Yeah, sweet. That's a good one. I like it. I never I never skip a song when I listen to the album all the way through. And then at your funeral, they can put you on the record player and you can play Sophomore Slump (laughs) or... What is it? Sophomore Slump or Greatest? Or... Something in the year. Or... Or I could be just a single at your funeral by Saves the Day. Ooh, that's true. Also, that song that is... is Sophomore Slump or Comeback of the Year. I could not remember it at the time. Dang. God, you suck. All I, right. I, I, I haven't listened there... to the Court Tree in weeks. <laughs> weeks? Yeah. There, uh, there are mausoleums. Which I'm a fan of this idea. I think there should be more mausoleums. Like, yeah, you're still uh, keeping a body. You don't have to embalm it. It doesn't matter. No one's going to look at it once it's been put in a mausoleum unless you get like weird clear storage containers in your mausoleum. And if that's what you want to do, then that's cool. Or you get those really creepy ones. Well, hold on. Hold on. We'll get there. Or you can get those ones where they have the, like, big stone tables and then the body's just, like, on a slab on the table. That's silly also, but, you know, I guess that's if you really want to look at the body. Um, But no, here. Although I think, actually, some mausoleums have that because um, the body is on the stone slab until it's decomposed and then the bones are collected and then they're just put in, like, a little like smaller places within the mausoleum. So it's effectively housing more bodies in less space than they would take up in the ground, which is the point of mausoleums. And that's why I think there should be more of them. Uh, Your whole family line or whatever takes up less space than individual plots in a cemetery. And some of the coolest structures that exist today uh, architecturally are mausoleums. Mausolea, I think is the correct plural form. but like, their pyramids at Giza, those are all mausoleums. Uh, Westminster Abbey, Taj Mahal, um, you know, like the, the iconic part of Petra, like the gateway is the part they use it in Indiana Jones. Mm. That's a mausoleum. Mm. The Pantheon in Rome is a mausoleum. The Metropolitan Cathedral in Mexico City has a mausoleum in it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one that's like in the middle of the square. I've been there. I stayed in a hostel on that square. It's really cool. I'm kind of still just stuck on that. So you're saying that I can have my body put on an operating table until my meat falls off, and then they're just going to put me in a Ziploc bag and put me in a drawer? No! That sounds like what you said. Like a stone operating table. So, like, yeah, they have the big slabs, and, like, your body is laid out on a... uh, 
inside the mausoleum. And I think it's just left to decompose. I don't really know how this works. I haven't done a lot of reading about it. I'm just using inferences that I've made elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But it looks like, maybe it's just because I read too many horror stories. I, I don't know. But what it looks like is because you, yeah, the body is laid out on the stone table and then it decomposes whatever. So it might take a hundred years. Who knows? doesn't matter. And then they just like gather up your dried bits and then they put you in like a nicer, you know, they might be like a little stone part over here and that's, and then you get your little plaque on the wall and that's where your final resting place is. I would not like to be packaged like a craft single for the rest of eternity. No, thank you. I do well, enjoy craft singles. You don't get though. a choice. As I said, my birthday is on Tuesday. Everyone send me craft singles. Craft singles. That's gross. Um, okay, this one. Hold on, I just lost my place again. This super legit. So there's a company that makes these uh, suits, kind of um, natural fiber suits, and they're seeded, for lack of a better word, with mushroom spores, and your body gets put inside the suit and buried. Uh, unembalmed of course and then the so like normally when your body decomposes naturally you still release like toxins and heavy metals just from being alive and using lotion and deodorant with aluminum in it and uh, eating food that probably has pesticides on it stuff like that you know Um, here's lemon also (laughs) and the so the body starts to decompose and it feeds the mushroom spores, which grow. And as they grow, the mushrooms metabolize the toxins that are released. That's super cool. No, I actually like that. That's cool. And then you can put your uh, your remains on a pizza. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are tree pod burials. Uh, so you get like a big pod and it contains either your... Is that Lemon's Tail? <laughs> yeah, that is definitely Lemon's Tail. Uh, the pod contains either your cremated ashes or your like bodies put in the fetal position inside of it. And then it's buried like a giant seed and then a tree is planted on top of it. And as your body decomposes, it acts like a fertilizer for the tree. This one's not available in the U.S. yet because Trump hates trees um, and climate change is fake news. So Climate change is fake. The um, climate's been the same since the day I was born. Explain that, you know? <laughs> um, but all that being said, it seems like natural burials are kind of making a comeback. There have been uh, several natural burial uh, cemeteries established since the 90s. Um, and they... Uh, their rules are like no embalming, no expensive uh, treated wooden caskets with hardware, no polyester suits, um, no concrete vaults. Um, the bodies are just wrapped in a simple shroud, I would assume, of natural fiber that decomposes easily. And they're put into biodegradable caskets, the ones I've seen uh look like giant wicker baskets or so like they're wicker bamboo uh willow uh stuff that grows back quickly you know renewable mm-hmm. resources um 
and then everything is just left to decompose naturally and they usually keep it like uh like a natural like woodland area or like a a garden kind of and you can just like go there there's no like i think there are small markers but there's no like big headstones or anything um, there are designated cemeteries for this, but in some places, if you want to bury a loved one like out in your backyard, uh, I don't know about here I don't in think the U.S. Do that. Yeah, I think in the U.S. I know that's that, like very illegal. Um, I know you can do it in England. Uh, in some places, there's like paperwork involved on like the city government level, just so that if someone was like renovating that. 100 years down the road and they dig up a dead body they're not like wait is somebody murdered the city's like nope that's a grave it's legit um but that's okay you don't have to be buried in a cemetery in some places um i don't think it's everywhere here it might vary from state to state because i think that uh some families can have like small uh private family cemeteries on their property um i think you have to get it zoned for that though yeah, I don't know. I didn't really look at them. Uh, yeah, so natural burial is a great option for those who are super creeped out by the embalming process, as well as for those who want a beautiful burial for their family but can't afford, you know, fancy coffins and uh, embalming fees and gross things everything that's associated with a convention all burial um and if this is a subject that particularly interests you or if you share uh similar <laughs> opinions to me about how gross the funeral industry is what the fuck was that what are you talking about did you have your window open no Oh, there was like a noise. Oh, that was a car. Yeah. So uh, oh, this yeah. house just has like really shitty insulation and like the original windows are still in. So gotcha. whenever someone zooms real loud, you can hear it. It's very inconvenient That's and great. I don't like it. Yep. It's real dumb. That makes sense. If this is something that interests you, I would strongly recommend Googling the Order of the Good Death. It's a death positive movement started by Caitlin Dowdy. I've talked about her a little bit before. She does the Ask a Mortician videos, which I've brought up and linked to before. Um, she's super cool. She's a mortician who specializes in uh, natural, obviously, death positive funerals. Um, she posts a ton of information about it. Uh, she on like on her website right now she has links resources about like how to handle someone dying in this social climate where it's really hard to have a funeral um, or any kind of like celebration of life because of the pandemic mm. um, and I found her because like it's pretty common saying that, you know, people are scared of the unknown or things that are different. Um, and that's part of the reason why I got into studying death. Like, yeah, we can't know what happens in the afterlife, but we can study like what happens when we die and how other people respond to death and other people's opinions of the afterlife and stuff like that. And that kind of 
I don't know, death is just a part of life, right? So, uh, death is the opposite of life. <laughs> death is the ultimate, ultimate meaning life. of life. That's sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're as humans we're scared of the unknown and i think that one of the reasons it's important to study death and to be open in our discussions of death which is to um such a problem with uh how death is handled here is because we just like we do just shove it away and pretend that it doesn't happen and we don't really talk about it and it's all, you know, pe- people who study or learn or deal with dead people are creepy. Um, um, like Not inherently, but there's, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're creepy. That was, You took my joke away from me. I'm so upset about it. So she posts tons of resources about all kinds of different things that are related to death. For anyone who's considering a career, like, as a mortician, or like anything in the death industry I would say is it's super worth checking out like the kinds of stuff she posts because she's very open about like this is the shit you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis you know Mm um and she kind of came up with the term death positive she noticed that well well sex positivity is a thing which is the idea that you're not ashamed of your sexuality or your relationship with your sexuality or about being honest with your sexuality. Um, And she was like, well, death positivity has to be a thing, Uh, but she couldn't find it. So she kind of made it a thing, Um, which makes me feel better about the ways that I this will explain a lot about me but I can vividly remember laying awake in my bed when I was like seven and just contemplating death like what it meant to die um that does sound very (laughs) on brand for you yep (laughs) I can see it uh she also talks I thought I this is really interesting to me she talks about how the death positive movement is dominated by women and she's like done all this research to find that until the 19th century when the funeral when funerals were industrialized like we talked about in that victorian episode um death care was a domestic task so it fell to the women to like wash the body prepare it for a burial and everything um which i mean there's going to be exceptions in certain cultures but in our society this is you know common um so I thought that was kind of cool. Women are, like, taking it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are eight tenets of death positivity. I'm going to read them real quick. Um, number one, I believe that by hiding death and dying behind closed doors, we do more harm than good to our society. Number two, I believe that the culture of silence around death should be broken through discussion, gatherings, art, innovation, and scholarship. Uh, number three, I believe that talking about and engaging with my inevitable death is not morbid, but displays a natural curiosity about the human condition. Number four, I believe that the dead body is not dangerous and everyone should be empowered, should they wish to be, to be involved in the care for their own dead. 
I believe, number five, I believe that the laws that govern death, dying, and end-of-life care should ensure that a person's wishes are honored regardless of sexual, gender, racial, or religious identity. Number six, I believe that my death should be handled in a way that does not do great harm to the environment. Seven, I believe that my family and friends should know my end-of-life wishes and that I should have the necessary paperwork to back up those wishes. And number eight, I believe that my open, honest advocacy around death can make a difference and can change culture. So... Yeah, this is something I've read about a lot for a long time. Um, so if that interests you, I super encourage you to check it out. It's not something that I've been super involved in, but like they've organized. There was something in uh, well, there was a state where they were trying to pass a bill that said you could not care for your deceased family members at home um, uh, for like what? like a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Like they had to be removed after like a day or something. I can't remember where it was or how long it was, but they like protested and got this bill shut down because they were like, "No, if you want to care for if your dead family member at home and do things your way, then you have the right to do that." Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of cool. So I might use some of my furlough time to do some research about that. That sounds very on brand for you. I, yeah, su- I support you in that, but will not join you. But if you'd like to update me, that'd be cool. <laughs> okay. Um, funerals in pop culture does not really bring anything up. No, the what? only thing it could. What? I. Okay, so one of the biggest memes right now is because of a funeral. The. Uh, in oh, the no. Arrowverse, like DC shows, uh, spoilers for anybody that doesn't know already, Green Arrow dies, and at the funeral, in an outtake, uh, the kid that plays Barry Allen is like sitting or like squatting next to the grave, like throwing a peace sign, and that became that is currently like one of the biggest memes right now, where people will put like, uh, like on the tombstone something like me like very very close to death very sick but still needs to work and then like on Barry Allen would be like my boss is not letting me call in or something like that do you know what I mean I'm talking about oh my god no uh it's everywhere I think I only have like one saved right now but yeah that is a super uh also I guess that entire the end of the last Arrowverse like CW DC stuff was very like death centric so that's also that's that's a recent pop culture yeah so like the main thing that popped up when i googled it was uh six feet under which i think i've briefly mentioned before i had never seen the show uh but it's on hulu and sue and i started watching it the other night we watched like the first five episodes and it's about a family-run funeral home in la it's uh dark comedy uh michael c hall plays one of it's like two brothers their dad dies that's not spoiling anything that happens right away uh that's like the whole plot so like one of the brothers lives in seattle comes home for for christmas dad dies he ends up staying there to help his brother like because in the will it was split like 50 50 the funeral business was 
left to them. So, fucking rules and shit. It's like dark humor. It's, I don't know. Is it a British It's not show? super funny yet. Michael C. No, it's HBO. Uh, Michael C. Hall, Dexter, plays one of the brothers. Um, it, start, it came out in like 2000. Um, but like, it's really funny. They have a little sister who's still in high school. She's like, wait, like they're both, you know, like in their early to mid thirties, but they have this little sister who's still in high school. And then one of the episodes, uh, she would like had a thing with this guy and he was a douche and everyone in school was making fun of her. They already made fun of her all the time anyway, for being weird. And she drove a hearse to school and, <laughs> okay. uh, uh <laughs> So they get this like dead dismembered body in that they had to prepare for a funeral, and she like steals his, the guy's foot and puts it in this guy's locker <laughs> to get back Why? in. Why? <laughs> uh, this sounds like a very really good show as well. Seems a little current for it coming out in 2000. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it definitely does. Humans yeah. weren't humans until 2004. When Toxic by Britney Spears came out, it really did change our like <laughs> culture as Americans, as a people's. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's a, it's a, it, I don't know. It's a me show. It's worth checking out, I think. The first episode, I was kind of like, eh, but I gave it a few more episodes, and I was like, okay, there's only five seasons, so I was like, I can probably watch watch all of this sporadically. So, yeah. Two shows that only, like, two of my friends that also stayed up the same nights in my... Well, two shows that I realized in my adult life, the only people that I knew who watched were people who, when we were kids, would stay up to watch Scrubs. Um, and that's it. Have seen our Dead Like Me, which is oh uh, yeah, yeah, a show about a girl who, a girl named Georgia. I'm actually pretty sure. Um, has a toilet oh. fall on her head and she dies, and she gets brought back to life as uh and as a grim reaper. So there's a few different people that have the job, but their job is mm-hmm. to help people cross over. So yeah. That and you find that out word like, is called psychopomp. Psychopomp, you said that before. It's a Greek, yeah, it's a Greek, like, yeah, the one that they're the ones that help the souls cross over to oh. the other side. Nice, yeah, fun fact. Another show uh, uh, is Reaper, where a guy uses household objects that he gets from Satan to take souls that are like causing havoc to hell. It's very, very good. It was only like a season, and it's also a CW show, so expect that kind of quality. But it's it's a good show. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I probably only remembered this because I recently watched all of Community over again because I just got put on Netflix. But um, shout out to the laser lotus cult and when pierce dies and his body is buried but his soul gets put into the energon pod that's just the lava lamp yeah yeah that's actually after i stopped so i should probably they do it it's in like season two though because his mom dies and he like pierce is carrying around the lava lamp which i don't understand it must be battery operated somehow because they're carrying it around and it's still lava thing which lava lamps don't do unless they're plugged in so yeah they need the heat it has to be battery operated or maybe he's his person chevy chase's personality is so electric 
that it can charge a lava lamp on the go. Maybe the soul is the source of energy that powers it. Ooh, no, that's it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you're welcome. Fame you're theory. welcome. Everyone write that down. <laughs> when we're rich and famous because Got of it. our community reviews, you heard it here first. Yep. And you can say that. Community cast 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we should do an episode that we just talk about community and call it community cast. Done. I mean, what? I I support that heavily. <laughs> Good. Bonus content coming your way. Uh, <sighs> that's all I got. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I can think of any. There's probably other ones. If you can think of any more recent, like, burial or death or, like, weird things like that uh, that have occurred in pop culture or media, feel free to let us know. You guys can contact us by Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching Broadcast from the Belfry in the search bar. You also can email us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard or hated it today, please let us know. You can find us on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and a like or dislike and subscribe will help immensely. My name is Sanjay, which I said at the beginning, and that is Georgia. And Georgia, do you have anything else to say to these kind people? No, I'm just going to go eat more Crab Rangoon and work on my character development. Her real-life character development, not at all D&D related. She's yep. just trying to I suck less. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for listening. Take care of your teeth. And yeah, what do we say to the kind people? You already said thanks for listening, so I'll just say stay spooky. Sluts. Lemon's tail is still in my hand, and it's it's a good time. Oh, my cat's name is Lemon. <laughs> <laughs>